Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Welcome to Thursday, everyone, and a good morning to you. Here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Vince Murata, Tim Ring, Jarrett Carlin, Zach Larson in for Sarah Cazell. How's everybody doing today? I can't see nothing. Gotta go by. I'm Cubby Mick. <laughs> Cubby Mick. Mick. Cubby Mick. I didn't have to do the updates, so already the listeners are doing We're off to a much better yeah. start than yesterday. No, I'm just joking. We, we did, already have we did, audience. We fine yesterday. We already yeah. have audience retention after... Jared stepped away from the update desk. No, but I mean, you you called it immediately after my first one. That my first one, I was buttoned up and professional, and yeah. and by the end of the show, I was gonna not be that anymore. <laughs> I get it; it's repetitive. I've done. I I, start, I cut my teeth doing updates. I got bored. I used to make up sound bites, and look at them now. <laughs> what does that phrase mean? I cut my teeth. Uh oh! Are we gonna have to do a, you know what I'm an saying? origin search? Like I, I know what it means. Like you, you got your feet wet. You broke into the business that way. But what does I got my feet wet mean? Well, that makes sense because when you're going into a uh, a pool or a lake or okay. something and it's cold or the ocean, here we go. You get your feet wet first to the, get used to the water. The right. term alludes to the literal verb to cut teeth, meaning to have the first teeth emerge through a baby's gums. A usage dating from the late 1600s. So the teeth. Cut through your gums, that I guess. Your mature, baby teeth. You're maturing. Mm. You cut your teeth. That yeah. means you're getting older. Wouldn't older. it be I cut my gums? <laughs> my gums. <laughs> They're cut. <laughs> Zach Attack, good morning, buddy. Welcome to the show, yeah, Graham. I'm, I'm glad to be yeah. here. I'm, I'm glad to be here. What have I got myself into? <laughs> <laughs> Say something, Zach. Uh, yes. <laughs> Improve How, the show. How are your teeth? Sinking ship. <laughs> This is the way we start shows, especially on as long as we can, brutal, brutal losses that yes. we don't want to get into talking. No, about. As long as we can keep not talking about what happened last night, it's weird. It's a weird dynamic on this show because you know, ninety-five percent of the show, I'm the driver. But when six o'clock rolls around and after the update, the mics go on. Bick gets the first word, so he's like the driver of that first segment. I never know where he's going. I honestly don't. And today, even being the driver of the first segment, I had no idea where we were going. <laughs> he, <laughs> the question no, Bick, is... Big is the best, though, because he, he will start the show. Like, welcome, everyone. Like, the sun's got blown out. We'll get to that in a second. But Vinny, did you see this? A guy dressed as Grimace was driving a tractor. And you're like, what? No, I didn't see that, Dan. <laughs> Big's very, very... He keeps everything behind, the, behind a cloak before the show starts. But he, he doesn't knows, even like to talk before the show. He starts. knows where he's going. Oh, he definitely. Uh, he always knows where he's going. Okay, he likes to catch us off guard, and that's what makes this the greatest radio. Never mind. Uh, Jared, start the show. 
The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, another day. More injury updates for the Arizona Cardinals who are getting ready for the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. Rashad Coward, who has started each of the last three games at left guard, has a pec strain, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Considered day-to-day ahead of week 14. If he can't go, expect Cody Ford to get the start at left guard. Uh, I did a deep dive yesterday, Tim, during the afternoon on uh, Cardinals offensive line play. Where does the phrase deep dive come from? Oh, man. <laughs> I kid. Go on, Vinny, please. Uh, can, I, uh, can I jump right in here with a breaking news? Oh, we got breaking. Is it a free agent signing? No. What is it? Arizona Sports. Breaking news. I want to... This is from CBS News Radio. Brittany Griner. All right, let's go, Jarrett. <laughs> you hit the sounder. <laughs> uh, Brittany Griner has been freed in a prisoner swap and is now in U.S. custody. All right. Wow. A U.S. official tells CBS News. I did not Fantastic. see Fantastic. And this is just in the last minutes or so? This is, in, this is five minutes ago. That's good news. Well, that is great news. And, and there's lots of uh, details and stuff. Did it say who the swap was for? Yes. For... Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> A prisoner Victor to be named Bal- later? The, the arms dealer. Yeah, guy. The, the guy anyway. that's been rumored the whole time. Yes, I just wanted uh, to the arms that dealer. out there because we've talked about that so much over the last... Six months. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, and we'll um, maybe have more reaction trickling in during the day, but oh that, that's good news. Um, yeah, so I, I did this deep dive on offensive line play. Doesn't seem all that important now. Week 14 in the NFL gets started tonight in Los Angeles. Rams host the Raiders in a battle of two teams going in opposite directions. Raiders have won three straight to push their record to five and seven. Rams have lost six in a row. They're three and nine. They will also be without tackle uh, defensive tackle Aaron Donald. But we might see Baker Mayfield make his debut just a couple days after the Rams claimed him out in waivers. Tonight, uh, the kickoff is at 6.15 on Prime Video. Uh, I'm delaying the inevitable here on the splash, if you don't notice. Uh, Two days of visits between the Dallas Cowboys and free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. ended without the team offering a contract. Tuesday, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones expressed concern about the condition of Beckham's knee. Of course, he suffered a torn ACL in the Rams' Super Bowl win over Cincinnati in February and is not working out for the teams that he's been visiting. He is getting great seats to a lot of NBA games, though. He was at the Sun-Celtics game last night. Front row again. OBJ's got the hookup. He's on the tour. Yes. He's taking his his visits. visits. Yes. Uh, The Bills will not have the services of edge rusher Von Miller. He's out for the rest of the season after undergoing surgery on a torn ACL. Miller had eight sacks this season for the Bills his first year in Buffalo. Now we switch to the inevitable. All right, the big game. Last night at Footprint Center, the Boston Celtics played the part of the hammer. The Phoenix Suns played the part of the barefoot in the garage that the hammer was dropped on again. 
again and again and again in a performance reminiscent of last year's Game 7 exit against Dallas. The Suns got run out of their own arena by the best team in the NBA, the Boston Celtics, who left with a 125-98 win that wasn't that close. Celtics led by as many as 45 points on the night. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown each at 25, but their role players were huge too. Grant Williams and Luke Cornett combined to go 12 for 12 from the floor. The reanimated corpse of Blake Griffin hit three three-pointers and was a plus 32 in 21 minutes. You get the idea. Uh, Suns now hit the road for the next four games, starting with a pair in New Orleans against the Pelicans Friday night and Sunday afternoon. As Chris Paul said after the game, we take our ass whooping and we keep it moving. And now they move on to the road. Yeah, well, the, the problem is, and we'll get into this a lot today, uh, they took an ass whooping on Monday and they moved right into another ass whooping. Oh, there's a problem, all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going to sugarcoat this thing today, Vinny. There's a, there's a lot to get into. It's not... It's not the end of the world, but there are some severe question marks now facing this team. Totally agree. This is not just a bump in the road. The, uh, this is a, this this is a uh, this is a ditch. It is, it, it, and it's a deep one. Uh, the Coyotes put forth the sun same effort only on a sheet of frozen ice. They fell in Edmonton to the Oilers eight two. Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent, Hopkins each had two goals for the Oilers. The fourteen game road trip is finally in the past. Coyotes won the first three games on the trip, but earned only a possible uh, eleven uh, out of a possible twenty eight points on this trek. They're at home at Mullet Arena against the Boston Bruins on Friday. Way too many Boston teams coming to town this week for my liking. Uh, it was a game of two halves in Dallas, but ASU's second half was key in a 75-57 road win over SMU. Devils outscored the Mustangs 47-24 after halftime to win going away. They held the Mustangs to just 32.7% shooting and 25% from the floor in the second half. DJ Horn led the way with 22 points. Devin Cambridge had 13 for ASU, which moves to 9-1 and on the season. Are the Sun Devils good? The Sun Devils next game also away from uh, Tempe. They will face 21st-ranked Creighton Monday night in Las Vegas as part of the Jack Jones Hoop Fest. Hoop! I said Hoop Fest, Jared. Creighton's good. Hoop That's going to be a good game. Yeah, uh, they, they rank 21. That's at the Michelob Ultra Arena in Mandalay Bay. If the Devils can win that game, they will be ranked. Last time the Devils started this strong, 9-1, and one, they ended up being ranked third in the entire country. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby, Bobby's been under some fire as of late. Bobby at one point had this team ranked third in the country. And then everything happened. I mean, they didn't play as well in Pac-12 schedule that year. And And every year. Yeah. Well, (laughs) they've they've been non-conference champions. They've been very good non-conference. GCU lost at home last night to Loyola Marymount 69-65, ending their eight-game home winning streak. The hot stove kept burning Wednesday in Major League Baseball. And, of course, the big story was the decision of Aaron Judge to head back to New York, re-sign with the Yankees on a massive nine-year, $360 million contract. Uh, Judge, of course, the MVP in 2022, new league record for 62 home runs. The San Diego Padres continued throwing money all over the place. They inked shortstop Xander Bogarts, formerly of the Red Sox, 11 years, $280 million. The Red Sox uh, did ink Japanese outfielder Masataka Yoshida to a five-year contract worth $90 million. He's been the best hitter in Japan over the last two seasons. The St. Louis Cardinals signed former Cubs catcher Wilson Contreras to an $87 million deal. But the Cubs are spending money again. 
And they didn't trade Contreras at the deadline, which was expected by everybody in baseball. Why didn't they just bring him back? Because they're doing it wrong, Vinny. Oh, is that? They don't know what they're doing anymore. Uh, the, oh, cub, the Cub! The Cub! Theo! <laughs> Theo Einstein! Doesn't work there anymore! <laughs> there you go. There. And, of course, uh, Jarrett, with the breaking news, Brittany Griner is in U.S. custody uh, as part of a prisoner swap. So, Man, that is great news. Her it's ordeal in Russia ends. Uh, there's a, get ready. There's going to be a lot of people that don't agree with the, 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 the swap. Absolutely. Considering who she was. They're gonna, they, they're looking when when you talk about the severity of the crimes involved in the swap, oh, there's an some, arms some, dealer as opposed to having a little bit of... Uh, arms dealer responsible for a lot of death. Yeah. A lot of death. Mm-hmm. But it's great. Let's just focus on the sports mm-hmm. and our hometown yes. person, Brittany Griner, coming home for our purposes. Yep. Uh, great com- news. Coming up next, uh, we'll get into it. What is going on? What is the deal with the Phoenix Suns? I mean, really? Uh, that's straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Thursday. The Tim Ring in for Bick on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The final seconds tick away, and the final score here tonight 125 to 98. The Boston Celtics continue their winning ways. Celtics get the win. Yeah, it's Al McCoy, the Hall of Famer, on the final call last night. That's the way it sounded. I can't provide what it looked like to everybody that shut the TV off last night. And if you shut the TV off, I don't blame you. There was a lot of other things to do than watch the Phoenix Suns get absolutely manhandled and embarrassed in every single way on their home floor last night. Uh, That game was 27 points on paper. It was about 1,000 points in reality. The Celtics looked like they were playing a different sport than the Suns for most of the game. They could have won that game by 75 points, and I'm not even joking. It it certainly felt like that. If if they wanted to, not that they ever would have, but if they wanted to, they could have run that, that margin up to about 75 points. They were that much better. I, 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 I wrote it, I, you know, I take notes during the game for our show. And I, I wrote it, I mean, I outclassed, outplayed, outhustled, outrebounded, outdefended, outworked, outphysicaled, out-everything in yeah. the game last night. There you're, is no lying. There is no way to even find a silver lining to what we saw last night. 125-94, down 27 points at the half. I mean, I don't, I don't even know where to start. So we can just start anywhere you want, Vinny. We can. We got. We got. We got just about four hours. Mm-hmm. I assume we'll get into big picture. What does it all mean? Mm-hmm. So why don't we start small picture? What the hell happened? Yeah, here was a Monty Williams diagnosis. Well, the ball. If you look at the way we played in San Antonio, like that's that's how we have to play. Uh, we got to make teams chase the ball. I thought their switching bothered us a ton, and the ball didn't did move. And then we missed shots. Um, even when the ball did move, we didn't knock down the shots uh, when they presented themselves. So, again, unbelievably tough night. Yeah, uh, more for Monty. That that was not what we've been used to around here and um, not many times have I felt that way about a game where I just felt like we physically didn't handle the 
hands on bodies or whatever it was. And then, you know, we just missed so many shots. Uh, I think we started out like one for 15 from three or something like that. And that was, you know, and then they were hitting shots. I mean, they had first three quarters, 31, 38, 35. You know, we just didn't play defense to the level that would at least give us a chance. And it wasn't like they were running tricky stuff. I mean, they, they got a number of and ones. I think they had seven free throws in the first half. I'm not quite sure, but it seemed like there was at least three or four and ones, you know. And so those plays against a team like that that's switching, you allow them to get a bucket and stop the game so they can set their defense. So overall, it's just a unbelievably tough night. It was one for 16 from beyond the arc the Suns started. And Listen, I know Monty's doing his job in a post-game press conference. That that wasn't just a matter of, well, well they made their shots and we didn't. Uh, the, the, the Celtics flat out played them right off the floor. And there was a reason why the Suns were missing their shots and the Celtics were making theirs. They were just a better basketball team in terms of getting shots and then defending the Suns. The Celtics came out, Vinny, and they played a very old-school Eastern Conference brand of basketball. Mm-hmm. And the officials were letting them play. They were they were hands on. Money 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 said it there. They were pushing, they were shoving, they were physical, they were physical with Booker. And the Suns didn't match that physicality early on in that first quarter. And it showed. DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, no showed early on. They they flat out no showed. They could not yeah. make a shot. I mean I mean Bridges in the first half was two for eleven, oh for five from three. Ayton had some good looks early, didn't make them. Had the ball flat out taken from him. On a couple of occasions. On two occasions in the first half. You hear it time and time and time again. And this is, again, year five for DeAndre Ayton. And when he plays well, he looks a certain way. When he's not playing well, he reverts back to everything that people point to. And one of the things people point to is when he gets the ball in good position in the post... He has this tendency, and I know this has been coached. It's been coached out of every big man in the history of basketball since James Naismith hammered up peach baskets uh, on a wall at the YMCA. Don't you're big. Don't bring the ball down. Why are you putting the ball on the floor and subjecting yourself to having it taken away? There was some bad body language last night. There was a total lack of energy with everybody. And you're right about Mikel Bridges, too. I mean, we, we've seen this fluctuating roller coaster of Mikel Bridges offensively where sometimes it looks like he can't miss. And last night, you could have given him 100 shots. I'm not sure he gets into double digits on unopened shots. It's kind of defined. The, defi- the consistency is yeah. not there right now. Sorry, it, it kind of defines his career so far. Yeah. He, he, he is a big-time scorer one night, and the other night, it's, it's, it's tough sledding. And he's, the defensive consistency is there with him. And then there are nights like last night when you just don't get enough out of him offensively. But again, this is not about individual guys collectively nobody played well no you don't well, play no, no 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 one guy played oh, yeah, well Oko- Okogi. Okogi played Oko- Okogi well he came... played hard now speaking of Okogi I got another stretch that I, I want to talk about that I thought defined the game and and, and hear me out on, on this one when, when the Celtics won, won this game in, in, in my mind Vinny I'm going to take you back to the 509 mark of the first quarter okay Chris Paul actually hit a shot. Put the Suns up sixteen thirteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris Paul went to the bench at this point. Now, this is not to say like, oh, Chris Paul went to the bench and it all went to hell in a handbasket. Just as a timestamp, Chris Paul kind of left the game at that point because why wouldn't he? That was was his time as he kind of came back after missing fourteen games. For the next, essentially, the next. 
10 minutes of basketball, which would bleed into the second quarter. The Suns' offense flat out went into the tank. Mm -hmm. Nobody could score. They looked like they had no idea what they were doing. The Celtics were playing bully ball. The Celtics were on a 17-2 run. Over that 10-minute stretch, only two Suns scored baskets. Booker scored two. Akogi scored two. Wow. Nobody helped out. Campaign, Ofer, Jock Landale had a couple of looks, and they weren't pretty. Ofer, Shamit, nothing. Lee, nothing. Booker was out there at the end of the first quarter. Essentially, at some point, just said, look, i got to try to do it myself, and was not having all kinds of luck going to the basket, trying to generate shots. So only over that 10-minute stretch, only Booker and Akogi knocked down field goals. And by the time DeAndre Ayton, midway through the second quarter, came back in the game and knocked down a shot, at that point it was 42-28 Boston, and the game was essentially over. Mm-hmm. They got the, the, When the bench came in at the end of the first quarter, those guys were completely ineffective and out to lunch. I agree. And the Suns never reco- I don't know what was going on. It was different though and maybe the difference was Chris Paul coming back and I you know we talked about it yesterday. I think big picture what Cameron Payne was able to do as a starter helps that bench unit, but you're right. It's like nobody knew what to do once they went to the subs at the midway point of the first quarter. I hate quarter. to say it, but Campaign was completely out of sorts in that role last night. Yes. He, he was he was uncomfortable and Jack Land, Jack Landell has has I think he's been a great find, but last night wasn't his night. And Damian Lee and Shamit, I mean I'm looking I'm looking at the first half numbers. I mean Payne was over 3 and Landell was over 2 and Damian Lee had an over and Shamit had an over. Okogie had those two buckets and and again, during that 10-minute stretch, end of the first, beginning of the Second, nobody did a damn thing. The Suns fell behind by fourteen, and it was that 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 boulder was rolling down the hill, and the game was over. Yeah, we'll have a lot more on the Suns' loss to the Celtics and uh, moving forward from that loss. What does it mean, big picture, if anything? Have you subscribed to the Bickley Murata Show podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, Cardinals getting ready for another team from Boston coming to town. The Patriots on Monday night. We'll give you the latest from Cardinals headquarters. Straight ahead on this Thursday, Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Um, just the comfort level has grown over the four years that we're together and, and you know when you make a commitment like that we understand that he's a big part of what's going on and we want um, everybody to feel like we're doing the right thing for all parties involved and, and definitely want his input that is Cliff Kingsbury head coach of the Arizona Cardinals yesterday addressing the media um, and uh, before we get to the Cardinals again if in case you're just joining us the uh, Brittany Griner uh, saga has come to an end in Russia mm-hmm. she is in US custody uh, President Biden has spoken on it uh, said he has spoken to Brittany Griner she's on a plane it will be in the United States shortly after a, a prisoner swap unbelievable I yeah. mean, gosh and it was a one-on-one 
prisoner just, swap. Just, okay. One uh, for one. So Brittany Griner gets swapped uh, in a prisoner swap for Victor Bout, an arms dealer who has been nicknamed the Merchant of Death. I, can, I mean, I put yourself in Brittany Griner's position. I mean, what must be going through her mind on that plane right now? My God. <sighs> what an ordeal. Yep. And uh, you can read more about that uh, on our uh, homepage, uh, our homepage of our website at ArizonaSports.com. It's up there now with uh, all the details. As and it's still a developing story as well. But yeah. uh, good news to start the morning with. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. They're talking about the relationship between himself, Kyler Murray, and Steve Kime, the trio that all got rewarded with contract extensions, and the trio who all you know collectively and individually has been. The subject of uh, ire from the uh, Cardinals fan base for a number of different reasons. Um, and Cliff Kingsbury cites a comfort level between the three of them right now, which, again, it's one of those quotes that makes you raise an eyebrow, Tim. Do you, do you watch this football team from a quarterbacking, general manager, and head coaching standpoint and think of the word comfort no, at all? Not at all. I just read a report from Ian Rappaport not too long ago that Cliff and Kyler had to spend the two weeks when he was hurt working on their relationship. That it was tense. Mm -hmm. Who's telling Ian Rappaport that? Somebody's telling him that. Somebody's telling him that. He's is not it, just making it up out of it, thin air. Is it Eric Burkhart, the agent? Who, by the way, is the agent for both Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray? That would be a pretty good guess. Wouldn't you just love to sit down over a beer with Eric Burkhardt and get both sides of his <laughs> his viewpoint? Right. Hey, hey, EB, is it Cliff or is it Kyler? <laughs> What's the problem here? You want to get some appetizers? Um, yeah. You, I got, by the way, if there is a problem, could you imagine being Burkhardt getting those phone calls? <laughs> You know, like when a husband and a wife are having problems yeah. and they have a mutual friend. Yeah. Yeah. Cliff, you, I understand you your yeah. frustration. Can you hang on? I got another call coming in. You can't believe what she did. <laughs> no, I know, I know. No, yeah, well, listen to what he did. <laughs> I look at it, um, and not just for Kyler Murray, and I'm not saying that jobs are in jeopardy. I know a lot of Cardinals fans want that to happen. They want massive changes with this organization because even after next after this year's over, it's it's a pretty bleak looking picture from a personnel standpoint moving forward. Uh, and we'll get into that as we get closer to the end of the season. But I look at this as a crossroads for Kyler Murray. There's been so much about his performance his demeanor, his leadership, the outside shots from former teammates coming in on Kyler Murray, the perceived lack of support from his teammates currently on those fronts. And we'll get into the, the lingering effects of this Patrick Peterson thing. I think it's very, very important for Kyler Murray to come out over the last five weeks of the season, win or lose, but just show a little bit more grasp of everything. I can't believe I'm saying that in year four, after he's already secured a $230 million contract extension. But, Tim, that's the reality of the situation for me. If, you, if you're going to checklist what you want to see from the Cardinals, that's got to be number one. Got to be number one. Leadership, play on the field, character, and something that you can kind of hold on to for 2023. I've always been one to say team success at the end of this season for next year, that and a quarter gets you a ride on the bus. There's going to be far too much roster turnover, and candidly with this team, there probably should be. That would be a good thing. 
for success in December now to say, all right, look out, 2023. We finished three and two in these final five games. Look out. We beat the Broncos. But if Kyler Murray can show some of the seven and zero Kyler Murray from last year, that would be a good thing. You know, some real, some real gravitas, some real leadership, some real strong yes. play on the field. Leadership is tested in times of adversity. This and is adverse. It, it, it's it's interesting. I don't know we'll probably get. Well, I'll save it for later. But you know, when he says he was confused about Patrick Peterson's comments, I, I'm I'm kind of confused that he was confused. Kyler Murray's never heard from anybody anywhere that maybe he's not the best leader or locker room guy. Really? This is all new to him? Well, maybe I, the confusion stems from never hearing it from Patrick Peterson. I mean, come on. I'm sure he's This heard has been a people. problem for a long time. It has. But I mean, I see is he is there that much lack of self awareness? That this might be something he needs to improve upon. Well, look, I, and we will get more into the Patrick Peterson stuff because again, this this story will not go away. And several several Cardinals personnel, coaches, players were asked about it yesterday. Kyler Murray addressed it yesterday. Yeah, I do. But like, is this symptomatic of something that's a bigger issue? Is that when you're in in those walls with the locker room, it's identified? We got a problem with the quarterback leadership position, but it's not communicated. So then you feel when when you're away from from that facility, you're wearing a different uniform. You're not dealing with it on a day to day basis. You're freed to give your thoughts on what everybody internally has been thinking the whole time. That's that's the question. Is this just Patrick Peterson's one off thoughts on this, or is have other members of this organization are currently still thinking this? That's a huge question. Oh, I, I think this has been. A prevailing thought in that Cardinals locker room since he arrived. I have no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I've talked to players. Mm-hmm. I've talked to players that know. I've talked to other players that know current players. The biggest big question. I mean, that's a, that's just a fact. I mean, they're, 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 that he can be better in a lot of those areas. That, that that makes me think of like the big question is like, did they give Kyler Murray that huge extension because they wanted to or because they had to? I mean, they, Jared, I, 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 I think it's a little bit of both. Let's be fair about this. Kyler Murray is an immense talent. I, no question. I do believe that there was, that they were essentially backed into a corner by, by Kyler's agent who essentially did his job. And I think Mike Bidwell looked at the situation and said, we can't have this guy hold out. We don't want to torpedo the 2022 season after coming off a playoff bid. Our expectations are to go back to the playoffs and and hopefully make a run in the postseason. And if Kyler holds out, we're 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 torpedoing that season. And even though we may want to get another look at this kid before we give him two hundred and forty million dollars or whatever, we don't want him holding out. Yes, but so, let, the, so the let's give him a contract. But let's put this study clause in it. But this, the, I mean, even with the contract in place, and maybe they got to that point. This is pretty much what they thought the torpedoed season would look like, I'm sure. Oh, and it looks like this with Kyler Murray on the field. Vinny, if if you could build a time machine 
and hand it over to Mike Bidwell, there would be no extension for Kyler Murray. What a terrible use of a time machine, if that's what you mean. <laughs> All the things you could do. Would there have been the extensions to start the, pre- uh, the, the offseason with, for Steve Kime and, and Cliff Kingsbury? There'd be no extensions for nobody. I tend to agree with you. No. No. But no, if Mike knew he was looking at like a five and twelve season anyway, uh-huh. there is no way he'd be giving out extensions. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, coming up next, uh, more news around the NFL and a lot of it injury related as we head down the stretch in 2022. That's straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings coming to you live from the Octin Community Studios. Tim Ring sitting in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, hash marks. An update, uh, Vaughn uh, underwent surgery yesterday. It was uh, exploratory type of surgery, and it turned out that he uh, he got a uh, ACL uh, repair in there. So he'll be out for the year. Uh, as an update for you guys, very unfortunate situation uh, for Vaughn, obviously in our team. Uh, we care for him, obviously, like in, like we would any player. Uh, we know how much this means uh, to him in terms of playing and, and being with the team. So we look forward to getting him back, uh, obviously off the field for the rest of the season and, and his leadership. And we're certainly thinking about him as he recovers here. Sean McDermott, head coach of the Buffalo Bills, with the bad news for that defense. Vaughn Miller, their big, splashy free agent acquisition who a year ago was a big acquisition that helped the Los Angeles Rams win the Super Bowl. He's not going to be able to do the same for the Buffalo Bills out for the year with a a torn ACL. And this is one of those injuries, Tim, that you look at it and you wonder, how much does this shift the power balance in the AFC, which I think... You know, in terms of quality of competitor or, or depth of competitors, has the advantage over the NFC right now. Buffalo's right there. Kansas City's right there. Cincinnati is is making a recent statement. Can, the Bills have overcome a lot of injuries this year. Tre'Davious White was not available for a long time. They've had a lot of injuries in the secondary. Josh Allen wasn't right for a couple of weeks with the elbow, and there was concerns there. They've kind of overcome all of it to be nine and three at this point. Is this the last one that they can't overcome? Uh, I, we'll we'll find out, but it, it could turn into that. Here's where you're right. Von Miller was brought in for one reason mm-hmm. and one reason alone: to get Patrick Mahomes on the ground mm-hmm. on third down. They couldn't do it, and Miller was brought in to do it, and they paid him a lot of money to do it. They played the Chiefs earlier this season. What was it, week, maybe week three, like week six or something like that? They won that game 24-20. Guess what Vaughn Miller did? He got Patrick Mahomes on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's not going to be there to do that. Now, can the other Bills edge rushers step up in, in a playoff showdown? Sure. But he was really, he was brought in to make those plays. Yeah. In high leverage situations. And Vaughn Miller's got... Not one, but two Super Bowl rings, mind you. So he's done it before on the biggest of stages. Uh So that's where it hurts you. It's interesting you brought up the competition in the AFC versus the NFC. The Eagles are really, really good. Yes. I think what you're saying is the AFC probably has more Super Bowl championship contenders than the NFC. Because it looks like, to me, 
there are probably three and a half teams that could win it out of the AFC. When you talk about the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and maybe the Dolphins. Yes. And then in the NFC, I think you have the Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and maybe the Vikings. So I think you have equal amount of competitors in both conferences. But I don't know how many Super Bowl champion caliber teams in the NFC you have. I was maybe the Eagles and I, I mean I don't know about the Niners anymore now. Well, the I still have the Niners up there until to until win a Super Brock Bowl though, proves, with a third string quarterback proves otherwise. And that might happen very soon. We'll see. They they got Tampa Bay this weekend. Um I was shocked. ESPN yesterday during the show I caught the graphic out of the corner of my eye. They were flashing up, you know, chances to win the division, playoff chances, Super Bowl chances, and they've got the Cowboys with a better percentage chance, according to their FPI, their Football Power Index, better chance to make the Super Bowl than the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know, the Cowboys—they're good. The Eagles are better. And I was hesitant to give the Eagles much praise earlier in the year. They came into into Glendale, and I thought they looked infinitely beatable. They're not. They've got one loss on the season. Minnesota's only got two losses on the season, but they've been blown out twice. They've got the biggest margin of defeat in the entire NFL this season in that loss to the Dallas Cowboys. I can't get that Cowboy game out yeah, of my and, head. And when, and I, when I assess the Vikings' chances, they've been almost... Listen, they're good. You can't take away that record. They, they, they have to be. When you talk about NFC competitors, you, you, you have to put them in the conversation. It I would agree. Be, it would be unfair not to. But can I see the Vikings here in Glendale in February? No, I cannot. I cannot. Can I see the 49ers here with Brock Purdy? I got to be honest. I don't know. I don't think so. Who do you feel better about but right, can I right see, now as we speak? Vikings or 49ers as a Super Bowl contender? Still the 49ers. I do too. But the, I really the margin I, is thinner. But I have a I have a very hard time believing a third string rookie quarterback is going to steward a team to a Super Bowl. Could be one of the all time stories. It could be one, Mr. Irrelevant. And then they just hand the keys to Brock Purdy moving forward. Mr. Irrelevant becomes the the but, king of San Francisco. But we must tell you now. Jimmy G could be back for the oh. NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. Well, that's another thing. It went from he's out for the year to, hey, he could be back in six to seven weeks. And then there was even a backtrack from that yesterday from the 49ers. And is it Liz Frank or Liz Frank? It's a long shot. <laughs> Frank! Frank! <laughs> Frank! The wedding planner? <laughs> uh, so I don't if, I don't know what to believe, but I think they're just keeping that possibility open, too, because there's got to be a healthy amount of curiosity on what Brock Purdy can do with this extended role. Right. It's one thing to come in, hey, you're a backup quarterback, you know your role, you know it. At, at the drop of a hat, you're going to have to grab your helmet, go in the game. There's not a whole lot of thinking about it. You prepare as a starter, every backup quarterback says that. But now he's been number one for a full week. It could change. I just think, from what I've seen from Brock Purdy, and since he was a local kid, I watched him actually a pretty good amount at Iowa State. And I was always impressed, because Iowa State's not a great football program, but I was impressed with the way he elevated that program. Yeah, by the time Purdy was done at, he was at uh, Perry, right? He was Mm -hmm. at Perry High School. By the time he was done, Nick Saban was sniffing around. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Real late in the process. Real late in the process, but that showed you how he developed and grew as a high school quarterback. And then, I mean, he was all he was all conference in the Big Twelve. Yeah. I mean, he was first team a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He's a good quarterback now. I mean, there's no question about it. But he's still a rookie quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, but he's also one of those guys that, with his skill set, if he's six four, he's not Mister Irrelevant. He's a smaller guy, right? But he's not six four. No. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, Good talk. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620. Right now, the Suns get blown out by the Boston Celtics last night at Footprint Center. (laughs) How did it look up close and personal? Not much better. I'll tell you about it in Vinny's view next. It's uh, Bickley and Murata mornings. Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.